I am Grandpa, and I love you. I'm Grandma, and I love you too. Welcome to our podcast, Grandpa and Grandma Bedtime Stories. We share some stories that will make you laugh. We share stories that might make you cry. And we share stories that will give you courage to choose the right. And these bedtime stories will help you to dream sweet dreams. So get on your pajamas and say your prayers. Turn out the light and hear our story tonight. Good evening. This is Grandpa Edward Jeffrey Hill, and for tonight's bedtime story, you have a really special treat. In just one bedtime story, your Uncle Aaron Thomas Hill will share a two-part adventure of two different backpacking trips he took with me into the Wind River mountain range of Wyoming about 20 years ago. Aaron Thomas Hill was the third child born to Juanita Ray Hill and me on June 14, 1982. From the day he was born, he has been a kind and thoughtful person. He is also very smart, especially in math. He absolutely loves math. Fortunately, he also loves his wife and four children. An interesting fact, when we were shopping for suits for his wedding, Aaron and I were exactly the same size. We bought the same suit, exactly the same size. We were twinners. We could trade suits and nobody would know the difference, including us. In fact, sometimes I wondered if I had my suit on or Aaron's. Back to the two Wind Rivers backpacking trips. During the first trip, Aaron and I, along with about a dozen other young men and leaders from our church, backpacked into Big Sandy Lake and had a number of adventures and misadventures. Among them was the miracle of the Palm Pilot. I will tell you that story later. And if I forget to tell that story, please remind me. I really want to tell you that story. And so I want you to remind me if I forget. Sometimes I forget things. And sometimes I repeat myself. After all, I am 70 years old and allowed to do that. On the second trip, Aaron and I, along with Jenny, Emily, Amanda, and Seth, had a backpacking adventure with Tamara Snell Mulford before she was Grandma Tamara Snell Mulford Hill. This trip included a few romantic times and helped me know that I wanted to marry Tammy. I will also tell you about those romantic times in a future story, so remind me to do that too. Okay. Why do we have two stories in one episode? I'll tell you why. What makes these two trips meld seamlessly into one story is one big can of chili. That might seem unusual, but it is true. I can vouch for that. Do you know what the word vouch means? You might not. It's a pretty unusual word. In case you don't know, I'll tell you what vouch means. Vouch means confirm as a result of one's own experience that something is true or accurately described. Aaron and I both experienced these two adventures together, so I can totally vouch for everything he says related to the can of chili. And without further ado, I introduce Aaron and his story, Backpacking in the Wind Rivers with a Can of Chili. Take it away, Aaron. 
This story, which takes place in the Wind River mountain range in western Wyoming, has two parts. The first part happened in July of 2000, a little more than 23 years ago. I had just graduated from high school and was going on one last trip with some of the young men from the Canyon View Third Ward, where our family attended church at the time. There were about a dozen boys who were going on this five-day backpacking trip. There were also some adults, including Brother Feller, the leader of our expedition, and my dad, who you may know as Grandpa Hill. We began our trip with an early morning drive to the Big Sandy Lake Trailhead, and then a six-mile hike to Big Sandy Lake. Our plan was to set up base camp there and then to do a series of day hikes deeper into the wilderness. Most of the week was just wonderful. The day hikes were delightful, although sometimes difficult. My favorite was the day we hiked up Jackass Pass to the Cirque of the Towers, one of the most spectacular places I've ever been. The weather was clear and cold in the early mornings, and we had brief rain showers each afternoon. But most of the time during the day, it was sunny and warm. The night sky was stunning. We were hundreds of miles from any significant city lights, and our elevation was about 10,000 feet above sea level. Because we were so far from other lights and so high up, the stars seemed much brighter than usual. I remember Brother Feller teaching us about constellations and being amazed by the Milky Way across the sky. But not all of the week was wonderful. On Thursday morning, which was supposed to be the second to last day of our trip, many of us hiked to the other side of Big Sandy Lake to see if there were any good places to jump into the lake. We found a very large rock right at the edge of the lake. I've had some great times jumping off rocky cliffs into lakes. My favorite was at Bloomington Lake in southern Idaho, but that is a tale for another time. But this giant boulder was different because the water right at the edge of the boulder was very shallow. You had to jump out far from the rock to land in the deep water that you would want to land in. Many of the boys repeatedly jumped into the lake. Each time they would get a running start from the top of that giant boulder and leap off the end, landing in the deep lake water. I decided not to jump into the lake. One of the other boys also decided not to jump in the lake initially, but as he saw the other boys successfully jumping into the lake, he decided to try it as well. He started just like the other boys running toward the edge of the boulder, but then tried to stop. He almost succeeded in stopping, but there wasn't quite enough room for him to stop in his bare feet, and he half jumped and half fell into the uh, off the edge of the boulder. He landed feet down in the water, but instead of landing in the deep water where the other boys did, he landed in shallow water that was only about two feet deep. His right foot landed on a sharp rock, and he cut the bottom of his foot very badly. He managed to get out of the water, and when we saw how badly his foot was cut, we sent a runner back to camp to get Brother Feller. When Brother Feller saw the boy's foot, he knew it needed medical attention, and as soon as possible. Brother Feller bandaged the boy's foot as well as he could and helped him hobble back to camp. We made the decision to immediately pack up and head back to the trailhead, cutting our trip a day short. Most of the group packed up most of their stuff as quickly as they could and started back towards the trailhead. My dad and I stayed around to pack the rest and to finish cleaning up our campsite. As we did this, I was concerned about two things. Mostly, I was concerned about the boy who had been injured— I hoped he would be able to make it back to the cars in good time and get the medical attention he needed. But I was also a little concerned about something that I had brought on the backpacking trip but hadn't used yet. Those of you who have been backpacking know that food tastes so much better when you are out in the wilderness. 
Normally, when you go backpacking, you bring food that is very light, but not very tasty. But since you are out in the wilderness, it's actually pretty good. On this backpacking trip, I mostly brought normal backpacking food, but I also brought one large, heavy can of beef stew. This stew is quite good even when you're not backpacking, and I expected it to make an amazing feast on our final night of this backpacking trip. But because of the boy's injury, we were cutting the trip a day short, and I still had that big, heavy can of beef stew, and I wasn't sure what to do with it. What would you do if you had a big, heavy can of beef stew and you were about to start hiking back to the trailhead? Would you carry it back? Would you just leave it at the campsite? We decided not to do either of those things. We thought about eating it right then before hiking out, but really we weren't in the mood for a big meal. Then we had an idea. We both had loved most of our trip to the Wind Rivers, and we wanted to come back again sometime. So we decided to find a good place where we could cache that can of beef stew until we came back. Do you know what it means to cache something? It means you find a good place to keep it safe until you return later to retrieve it. We found a good hole in a small rocky cliff not far from the trail. I put the beef stew deep in that hole and then piled up other rocks of various sizes, hoping they would help keep the stew safe until our next return. Then we made our own treasure map. Not sure how long it would be until we made it back to Big Sandy Lake and whether we would remember where that stew was. There's a lot more I could say about what happened on the rest of that trip, which included generous horsemen, a flat tire, and a desperate search for our spare tire. But all I'll say for now is that the injured boy made it back and got the medical attention he needed, which included lots of stitches. The second part of this story happened in the summer of 2006, six years after that first trip to the Wind River mountain range. A lot had happened in my life during those six years. I had studied math in college at BYU, married the beautiful and amazing Jennifer Byland, and had moved to Illinois to study even more math. A lot happened in Grandpa Hill's life, too. His wife and my mom, Juanita Ray Hill, had died. That was very, very sad. After some time, he met Tammy Mulford, and they started to get to know each other. This was happy for both of them. In the summer of 2006, some of the people in my family planned another expedition to the Wind River mountain range. This included my dad and Tammy, who were dating, and my wife, Jenny, and I. It also included my little sisters, Emily and Amanda, and my little brother, Seth. It also included my unborn but still growing boy, Spencer. This trip had its own share of unique experiences, as all backpacking trips do. But what I want to tell you about today has to do with that large can of beef stew. It was so exciting to follow the treasure map to the small cliff and then to dig through the rocks and dirt that were there. Partly it was exciting because of what we expected to find, that large can of beef stew that we had cached six years ago. Partly it was exciting because of the things we didn't expect to find, including bugs of various shapes and sizes. Eventually, we got to the can of beef stew and let me tell you, it was quite a sight. What do you think a can of beef stew would look like if you buried it in a hole in a cliff and then left it there for six years? It looked terrible. The outside was horribly rusted, and it looked like something you'd expect to see in the dump, 
not in a grocery store. But I proudly brought it back to camp, trusting that the metal exterior of the can had kept the delicious contents safe. Back at camp, I used my pocket knife to open the can of beef stew, and we warmed it up on our backpacking stove. The beef stew smelled so good. I had been looking forward to eating that beef stew for six years, and it smelled absolutely amazing. Before I tell you what happened next, there's something else I need to tell you. Tammy Mulford is a woman of many talents and skills. As you listeners probably know, she makes delicious food, and she knows so much about nutrition and food preparation. And when she saw that rusted can of beef stew simmering on the backpacking stove, she was very, very concerned. That can was more rusted and terrible looking than any food she had ever seen. And she was sure it was past its expiration date, though the can was much too rusted and mangled to actually see the expiration date. Besides that, the can had surely frozen and thawed again and again during six harsh winters in the Wind River mountain range. And as I had found while digging for the treasure, many small creatures had been living in the cliff with it. Do you think Tammy thought it was a good idea for us to eat that stew that smelled so, so delicious? She did not. She told us that if we ate the stew, it is possible that we would enjoy a delicious meal. But it was also possible that we would suffer a wide variety of ailments that could come from partially rotted food, rusty metal, and animal droppings. I remained unconvinced. Until she pointed out that the stew, that beautiful, wonderful smelling stew, had little flecks of silver that looked surprisingly like pieces of the can. I couldn't help but imagine what would happen if we ate sharp little pieces of metal in that stew. What would it do to our stomachs, our small intestines, our large intestines? The potential for pain and injury was even more than falling off a large boulder into shallow water with sharp rocks at the bottom. In the end, we were convinced, and we decided to only enjoy the lovely aroma of the beef stew without tasting it. We decided to throw away that amazing stew that had waited for us for those long six years. Because the Wind River Mountain Range is grizzly country, we hiked a ways from our campsite and buried the stew. We wouldn't want that delicious aroma to stay in our campsite while we were still sleeping there. That trip to the Wind Rivers was memorable because of the stew, but also because it was the very first time that I met Tammy Mulford, who later became Tammy Mulford Hill, and who you may know as Grandma Hill. And as I look back on that experience, I am glad that we all survived and that none of us got food poisoning or any other ailment from that potentially dangerous stew. And I'll add just one more, one little postscript here at the end. Epilogue. There's one final thing to say about that stew. A few years later, I saw the very same kind of stew in the grocery store, and I couldn't help but wonder. So I bought it and brought it home and opened it up, and lo and behold, in that nice can of stew from the grocery store, there were little silver flecks. Have a good night. Wasn't that a great story? I love Aaron's enthusiasm and attention to detail, and I love his style. 
This trip was very important to me because it was a real turning point for the good in my relationship with Grandma, and I'm very grateful that I married Grandma Hill. As you can tell from this story, Grandma Hill has kept me safe over the years. From this story, I hope you feel excitement about backpacking. That's something I love doing with my grandchildren. I especially love backpacking with my grandchildren to the Enchanted Valley Chalet. And I especially, especially love backpacking with my grandchildren to the chalet when we see elk, bears, and Bigfoot. I'll have to tell you more stories about Bigfoot. That's all for tonight. Sweet creams, chilly dreams, choose the right with all your might. I love you. We hope you enjoyed tonight's bedtime story. We hope you felt our love for you. And we hope you will have sweet dreams tonight. We love you so much.